Welcome to Running is Bullshit. I'm Amy. And I'm Stuart. And you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. This is episode 84. And this week, we're talking about running films once again. But first, to start with a complaint, I've, I've got a very minor, very picky one this time. Now, if you're not running right now, take out your phone, open Strava, unlock your thumbprint, open Strava, right, got it. Go to one of your recent runs or walks and select edit activity. Now, just for a few seconds, now maybe less, on mine anyway, it shows as a ride, and that can fuck off. I know Strava was made for cyclists to measure their dicks, but there's no need to bring the rest of us down to that level, even if it's only for half a second. I hate that. If you make an assumption, it makes an ass out of me and you. I'm not sure that's the way around that goes. (laughs) I think think you're supposed to say assume, and then it's you and me, but... We know what you mean. You get, you get the idea. You get the idea. See, I have to edit activities. I feel like I have to edit activities because I often go in and change like the um, the relative effort on it, especially on walks, just to take it down and to like, you know, don't show it on my feed. And so when I edit and just for that half a second, I see it as a ride. I'm like, no, it's not. Oh, no, it's fine. And that, that just annoys me. This is the thing. I literally use Strava to log my runs and that's it. And I've said this before on the podcast, you know, you've seen my kudos given to oh, kudos yeah taken ratio and it's not good but at the same time i'm paying for strava i pay the yearly subscription for for strava so i really need to make more use of it i really need to go in there and actually look at things <laughs> yeah do you never even edit the activity you never seen that oh my god no no i used to though i used to go in and like name the activity and put a little like description of it and put some pictures i even used to upload pictures to oh, strava. Yeah, you don't do that anymore do you don't do anything literally just just upload so it and i'm like oh all i look at is my um weekly mileage and if I've done a run that's, uh, you know, ele- plenty of elevation, I look at the elevation. That's it. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Well, well, you don't have to deal with this then, at least. No, no. But I do have a complaint, another complaint about cyclists. Okay, good. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I like everyone this. loves complaints good about start. cyclists. You know, Fucking they're cyclists. not normally complained about, are they? So um, let's give no, them No, never. No, I don't. I don't. They never get any abuse or stick for anyone, no. do they? No. And I, you know what? This is another one I'm sure I've mentioned on the podcast before, but... When you're on a shared path, as in shared between people and cyclists, cyclists need to use their bell to let you know that they're behind you because they're like fucking ninjas on wheels and you can't hear them. You can't hear them. I don't know what, why they don't realise that. As a runner, you can hear me like boom, 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 boom with my steps. Or if I like, I mean, less so after the pandemic, but, you know, I usually like cough loudly or something to let somebody know or say, excuse me. Cyclists, they're just... They're just next to you. They're just fucking next to you, like out of nowhere, like a fucking wheeled assassin. And I'm sick of it. Like, <laughs> use your bell. Firstly, if you have all this, I haven't got a bell. I haven't got a bell. Just shout, excuse me. Well, That's just get what a, I do. Well, no, get a fucking bell. Get a fucking bell. But isn't it a thing that bikes have to be sold with bells? I'm sure I'm that's a thing. I'm pretty sure it's a legal requirement to have a bell, but don't quote me on that. But, like, if for any reason your bell has fallen off at some point, like, just shout. Just shout, excuse me. Secondly, if we're on a shared footpath, you shouldn't be going that fucking fast. It's the speed they're going, right? I was on Cardiff Bay Barrage the other day, <laughs> and it was a lovely day. The sun was out. There was lots of people. And there is like a, a line down the pathway that says people on this side, bikes on the other. However, that pathway gets it gets so busy, and it's got all the normies on that don't normally come to Cardiff Bay, you know, on a, on a daily basis. So they may not realise how busy it is for bikes. So people often spread across the whole pathway. This guy, who thought he was in the Tour de fucking France, came zooming down, and he 
knocked over some woman's dog. This poor dog went flying. Oh. The guy went flying. And then on one hand, it's like, yeah, the dog was straying into the bike lane. But secondly, it's packed. You shouldn't be going that fast down a shared, what is essentially a shared path. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of it. If you want to go that fast, there's a place where you can do that. It's called the fucking road. <laughs> anyway, that's my rant over. Two cyclists that are too fast and don't have a bell and the combination of the two. Do you reckon there's a, a cycling podcast somewhere just bitching about runners getting in the way? Probably, yeah. Almost yeah, certainly. If, if they're not using their belt, the thing is, if a cyclist uses a bell, I always make a point to say thank you now because it's like, yeah, even if, like, even if you think you're going to go round me, let me know because what if I suddenly have a moment and, and like decide I'm going to veer off to the side? If I don't know you're behind me, you know, I know I should look round, but they're going so fast they come out of nowhere. Yeah, I'm, I find quite often if I'm running behind someone, I need to get past them. I find just like a shoe scuff works quite well. Mm. Just kind of scrape the floor a bit and then that gives them the opportunity to make them think that they've heard you. If that yeah. doesn't happen, I do give it like an on your left or on your right and people jump out of their skin, which is quite yeah. funny. But I'm being polite, so it's okay. Just do what I do and literally fall over behind them. That, ah, that'll, that'll do it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'll get you attention. It's not ideal, done... not ideal for overtaking, but... It's not, but they know you're attention. there then. Yeah, and once you get up, you can overtake them quite safely because they're stood there in sort of disbelief, wondering if you're okay. So. <laughs> uh, let's catch up on the last episode. Firstly, and most importantly, Amy, last week, you said my singing was like nails on a blackboard. I put that to Instagram and 71% disagreed with you and said it was a banger, so you're wrong. I think it's sympathy. <laughs> you shut your face. <laughs> We also had praise for our last guest, Lee Wood, for talking about running around naked. And we forgot to give a shout out to Maria Wicks for putting him in touch with us. A gold star for you, Maria Wicks. Doesn't mean anything, no cash value. Uh, Luke Daniel thanked Lee for giving some information on these runs, which is very hard to find. Uh, Amanda Jean said, yay, you finally got to talk about naked running. And Sarah McKay thought when it popped up in her podcast theme, it meant naked as in no watch. But of course, it's us, so naturally it would be running actually naked. Yes, because running without a watch isn't really running. It doesn't count. No, there's no point. And I hate that when people are like, oh, I'm running naked. I'm not wearing a watch. You're, you're just not wearing a watch. Don't. Yeah, you're yeah. running around naked without a watch, but you're still taking a selfie at the end, aren't you? And putting it on Strava. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Luke Daniel also had this to say on people making comments when he's running with his dog. He said, yes, I have a big dog. No, that does not make him a horse. Yes, he is over half the height of my child. No, my child can't ride him. Not least because at Park Run, that is against the rules, which as volunteers, you really ought to know. Yes, it's the first really big dog you've seen. No, you're by no means the first person who has made that hilarious comment. (laughs) We have the same with, obviously, I don't really run with Finley, but with Corgis, it's always, oh, you don't see them very often. Uh, there's there's actually a t-shirt that's sold on um, one of the corgi groups we're a member of. And he says, yes, it's a corgi. No, you don't see them very often. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Do you get comments uh, when you're running with Pippin as well? Yes, but more about the running with a dog thing. So yeah. Finley gets a lot of comments because he's corgi when we're started about walking him. With Pippin, it's it's always when you're and this is the thing it's always with Pippin like oh she's doing all the hard work or something along those lines that she's pulling me along oh, who's taking who for a walk yes yeah, yeah it's like that sort of thing or like that's a good idea and, you know basically saying oh you get to just yeah. run along your dog drags you the thing is Pippin's heel work has been so good lately she isn't pulling me along <laughs> and actually she never really did that much she just sort of at the moment she's just been trotting along my side so I'm just like yeah I wish she would actually pull me along well that's but, what you get for training her that's your mistake yeah 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 exactly um 
but yeah I don't I don't mind it too much I think it's it's when it's busy like I said last time it's busy and just the same thing over and over and over again and people stopping to talk to you I'm like I'm going for a run just leave me alone <laughs> yeah I'm, I like people if they don't I've not say anything but they'll at least look and smile because they're like oh that's mm. fun and kids will always say something yeah that's quite yeah. nice I, I like that yeah, and like I said, I don't mind. Like, I stopped and spoke to a woman the other day in the park who was asking me about the Canny Cross gear. Mm-hmm. And I, like, stood and I was having, like, a really long conversation with her. And she's like, I'm so sorry for stopping you from your run. I'm like, mate, don't worry. I'm doing an eight-mile run. I'm knackered. I'm happy. Do you want to talk more? Do you want to go? Can we go back to your place for, like, a coffee or Let's something? Let's be friends. Just, just watch TV. You can watch some loose women or something. Like, you know. Um, so, yeah, I don't mind that. It's when it's just constant. Uncharacteristically social of you there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's have a tea update. Ooh. And a big thank you to everyone who's not only bought tea, but actually went to the bother of clicking our affiliate links. Because that's an extra few steps there. Um, so many of you have done that, that Bird and Blend have given us an extra treat. So if you go to runningisbs.com forward slash tea, click on a link, buy some tea, enter the code tea is not BS capital letters you will receive a free 20 gram packet of bonfire toffee which is a favorite for both of us which is not bad right mm, it's very good bonfire toffee oh yeah amazing that is the code t is not bs at the checkout uh, a thank you to sophie from burden blend who i gather is forced to listen to us to make sure we don't talk shit about her because on the last email she said oh i love the last episode i'm like well we'll see but She's contractually obliged, and we will take that download. I'm so sorry, Sophie. If we say right now, we promise never to talk badly of you. Can you just pretend you listen to it? Tell your bosses you listen to it, but you didn't. We promise we won't talk badly about you. Yeah, we'll let you off. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. <laughs> Amy, what have you been drinking? What are you drinking? So, today, I'm drinking Duvet Day, which is one of my favourites. I'm not... Sophie, if you're listening, can you tell me where Duvet... The, the name Duvet Day came from? Because I'm not really sure the connection here. A lot of Bird and Blend teas, you can sort of read the name, and it has a connection, but I'm not... Duvet Day is a very broad thing, isn't it? Like... <laughs> what you do on your duvet day but anyway it's, is it like drinking um, a duvet i don't know it is relaxing <laughs> which i guess is the duvet day connection yeah. uh but it's a white tea so a very like delicate tea and it's got coconut in it cinnamon and jasmine blossom so it's really really nice mm. and like always none of those flavors are super overwhelming they just all sort of they're nice and equal in the, in the yeah. taste palette i'm just making words up now yeah. um you know yeah yourself. that's that's one of my favorite but again not sure where the duvet day bit comes well, i guess just because it's nice and relaxing and kind yeah. of snuggly a yeah. snuggly tea. I, I could imagine sitting in a duvet and drinking it, but I don't know whether I can imagine that because I've read the name duvet day. <laughs> or just because that's just how you live your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is my life anyway, always in a blanket. So <laughs> so what have you been drinking, Stu? Uh, I'm currently on a bit of, I'm basically the opposite of that. I've gone for Mowgli's Fire Chai. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that is a, I've got it right here. Tropical jungle fruits, coconut and Indian chai spices. I'm not mm. sure how many apples and rose hips grow in the jungle, but... It's very nice. It's a nice, spicy, as you might expect, fiery chai tea. And it's a um, a rooibos kind of base to it as well, which I don't usually like. But in this, I do. And I have been treating myself recently. After I did the lock-in, I've been having a lot more, um, like, frothy milk. So I've been, like, heating up a little bit of milk, using my little uh, milk frother, which I got online, and banging that in, like, normal milk or oat milk. And I've been doing a lot more of that kind of thing, just to treat myself, because I'm worth it. 
I, I need to start doing that because I have all my teas just straight up on the rocks. Black, not on the rocks. That'd be a nice tea. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like straight up black yeah. tea. And often, this is the thing. So I don't really follow the brewing instructions because if I <laughs> brew my tea for four minutes, that's too strong for me. But it's because I'm having it like without anything mm. else. So I often like brew my tea for like literally just a minute and it's nice. It's a subtler taste. Yeah. But I think, yeah, it'd be nice to try some milk to sort of mix up. Yeah, get yourself a little milk yeah. frother. Um, heat up some oat milk and froth it in. It's lovely. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, that is runningisbs.com forward slash tea. Get some tea. Amy, what have you been up to other than tea this week? Um, I've been running. Back of my running. I'm not fall- I've not fallen into the pits of despair yet and stopped running again. So that's good. That's, that's good. good. Um, and last weekend, I went for a run with one of our club mates, Ellie, and her dog, Tilly. Now, oh, yay. Amazing- yeah. And... I think she got Tilly at the beginning of lockdown or something. I can't mm. remember, like, the last few years are just a blur, aren't they? But I haven't seen her either, Ellie, in, like, years because of um, because of all the lockdowns and everything. So this was the first time meeting Tilly. Now, Tilly is pretty much the double of Pippin. They're, they seem to be mixed with slightly different breeds in that Pippin's a um, beagle harrier. Tilly, they don't know exactly... Isn't she, um, like, a springer beagle or well, something Well, like yeah, that? I think that's what the rescue centre said, yeah. And I can see that in her, for sure, like, in her markings. But... When they're together, I post the story on my Instagram. They just look exactly the same. I've got this video of them yeah. running together and they're side by side. They're pretty much the same height. They've got the same stride because Pippin does this really odd stride where her legs are very, very straight. It's quite mm-hmm. scary. Like she's got um, like toilet rolls on, on her legs. You know, in those <laughs> videos course. where they get cats and they put the toilet rolls on. That's how <laughs> Pippin runs. But Chili was exactly the same. And they've even got the same sort of white, um, like, spot on their back and stuff and it just looks so weird to see so that was really good and it was nice as well because I wasn't sure how Pippin was going to react running with Tilly Mm. um, because they're both quite excitable dogs due to their breed and when she's run with William before that's been fine but we did a lot of off lead stuff then but she was absolutely fine they said their initial hellos and then they just ran like really nicely I mean Pippin was trying to get under Ellie's legs all the time which she does do when I run with other people I don't know why she does it but she tries to get under the other person's legs to trip them up I think it's that's going to be if we ever do canny cross that will be a good sort of strategy though won't it like (laughs) trip everyone else up um but yeah, we did like 10 miles and the dogs were just fantastic together. And it was just really nice to see basically another Pippin. It was yeah. basically another Pippin. Yeah, I always <laughs> thought we met them last year and I always thought they'd be a perfect match because they're just the same size and same kind of energy as well. Yeah, yeah, it was scary. And like Ellie afterwards was like, oh, they're not related, are they? I said, I don't know. They were born at different times <laughs> yeah. and they are they are slightly different. But, but yeah, it was just really nice. Whenever I see a dog that looks like Pippin, I'm like... Pippin, because she, she's like, because she's not a pure beagle. She's a cross. So whenever you yep. see, I'm sure other people with crossbreeds feel the same. If ever you see another dog that looks like your crossbreed, you're like, oh my God, super yeah. exciting. I'm the same with any other Kelpie if I see. I'm yeah. very excited to see another one. Because again, oh you don't God. see those often. Yeah, same with corgis. The amount of people I've gone up to. And often I'm doing it when I'm running with Pippin, because that's when I'm most often out and about is when I'm running with Pippin. And I go up to people, I'm like, I've got a corgi. And they just look at Pippin like, that's not a corgi. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, mad, poor mad girl. Yeah, and I get my phone out and I show them a picture and they're like, oh, great. <laughs> and I also gather this week, you've. I feel like you've had a week off work or something, because you've sent me like four messages this week, which I think oh is God. a record. In like the three and a half years we've done this i think that's a record you've actually sent me stuff for the podcast don't say that because this is my first week back at work after oh, shit, two okay. weeks of annual leave <laughs> but it's because like i'm at my desk being like super motivated you know when you've had like a few weeks off work and i came back and i was like super refreshed and motivated it's so, like my colleagues were getting emails at like 6 a.m with like a million things in like like i'm just like out of my mind on coffee which i was oh so sorry um, sorry for those two weeks you're off you weren't sending me anything at all then 
probably not. I don't know. No, 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 you <laughs> no, no. <laughs> on, no I'm back at work. I'm like, I'm in work. You're mode, in the zone. You know? yeah. yeah, I'm in the zone. I'm in the zone. I'm like, my veins are just co- my my blood has been replaced by coffee and caffeine and Barocca, and it's just yeah. working really hard and got runners world open as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and exactly. Instagram. And both yeah. my eyes are going like different directions, looking at both nice. of them, and I'm like typing different things with different hands. It's just I'm a complete machine at the moment. <laughs> Nice, well done. <laughs> anyway, what have you been up to? Uh, fairly busy week as well. Um, I had an unexpected day off, which I didn't know until like lunchtime the day before when I happened to look at my calendar. Oh, that's nice. So I did what anyone else would do and I ran up Penavan with William, which was a very nice thing to do. That is the highest mountain in South Wales. I think it's 886 metres. Obviously, you don't run uh, the whole of that because that's from sea level. I think it's about a four or 500 metre climb. It's a really decent um, run. Up and down an hour, which I very much liked. And we went the hard way up, and then we dodged the tourists on the way down. Because um, it's, a, it's a very well-known part. There's a very well-laid path all the way to the top that a lot of people go from a big car park go up. I went the slightly harder way up. We kind of went up and went down a little bit. Then we had to go up a bit more, so it's a further way up. And then a bit of scrambling at the top, which is good fun. It's probably more runnable that way as well, though, because it's like, cause the, the M1, the tourist path, is just straight up. Like, it is straight up. Yeah, well, we, we walked the whole way up, basically. We kind of oh, power walked and got pulled. Yeah, yeah it was it's just that slight bit too steep to yeah. run. There's little bits of it we did, but a lot of it, I just power walked and got pulled. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the way down, because I took that tourist path down, which is fairly well laid. It's kind of um, very solid, kind of compact, kind of gravel. But there's, um, like, runoff channels every 10, mm-hmm. 15 metres, kind of diagonally across it, so it doesn't get flooded. And all the water goes across it. Obviously, it was dry at the time. But it means I have to jump over them. So I'm being pulled down a hill for two or three miles, having to jump over these things. And they've got rocks either side as well to dodge. There were sheep occasionally on the left. So William's looking at those. There's tourists to dodge. I like the way I'm saying tourists like I wasn't a tourist there as well. But I've got, you know, all these families that are walking. I'm running towards them down a hill with a dog pulling me. And they're just looking at me thinking, oh, look, he's running at us. It doesn't occur to them to move out of the way. So I have to keep dodging. Um, and because it was such a hard run on the way down, it took me three days to get over that. And I'm sure it was the downhill that did it because I had mm. to run fast and break and jump and keep my footing for two or three miles. Mm. It was brutal. And it was it's a bit of me that's never hurt before. You know, the bottom of your thighs, those kind of the inside. Yeah. So like down towards your knees, the inside of your thighs, you've got a kind of good couple of lumps there if you've been running mm. a while. They it, they really ache. So I've never had those bits ache before. That was I think a new one. That's, is that the bit that sort of stabilizes your knee? I think yeah. I think it must have been because I was kind of. T- I think because again, on the canicross harness pulls you from the hips, mm. and you have to kind of break back. So to pull your hips back, you then have to like tense your legs, and so mm. it's those bottom inside bits of my thighs absolutely killed me. And it was a good three days. I haven't ached like that in a long while. Mm. I did find with Penavan like. I find this with a lot of stuff anyway, just because I'm a, a massive wimp about things. But especially with Penavan, the going downhill was worse. And for the same yeah. reasons you said, it's those. if it was just a straight path with none of those like channels running off them, yeah. you, you'd be absolutely fine. It, but it'd it's still like, be a tough run because it's yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, having to break for those, pick your footing, jump over, mm. carry on running again. And then there's little lumps and bumps every now yeah. and then. It's we did stop in a couple of streams and William had a good dip in the stream because it got a bit mm. warm. But that was that was really good fun. It was a nice way to spend a day off. Nice. Did you see my hat? Did you find my bright orange hat? No, I, I did keep an eye out for it. None of the sheep oh. or horses were wearing it. So oh God, it's probably a bit easy. Sorry. Yeah, probably. Mm. Uh, also, Friday night, I did a one-mile race. 
you know I love a one mile race even though they're stupid. I was a little bit disappointed with it. I managed we managed to get loads of people from the club to do it as well, including a couple of people doing their first ever mile race. So that's really good. Um, a bit disappointed. I got six oh six, I think, or six oh five, which is a little disappointing. You know, six is kind of my benchmark. That would be nice. Um, I did a really big sprint finish to beat a clubmate who was way ahead of me. So that was very satisfying. But I don't like to do a sprint finish, especially on a mile, because that means I've paced it badly. I like to pace as flat as possible. So if I've got loads left for a sprint finish, I think I realized about five, six hundred meters to go, I was running too slowly. I was kind of looking at my watch and like, those numbers aren't getting lower. So I had to just really pick it up. So I did a big sprint and beat someone. So that was nice on its own. Mm. Um, I also got some new running sunglasses. Um, um, I can show you these now, Amy. These are very the things. What I worry hey! is they are Huga sunglasses. They're good for oh. running because they're like plastic and they grip, but they've got little grippy bits inside the ears. And these ones are bright yellow. And I'm just concerned they're a little too cool for me. I mean, I I thought they were gooder for for a moment. I used to have some pretty much exactly the same. No, that is yeah. Huga. Ah. They are very, very nice, and Holly got them for me, so I'm not allowed to say anything bad about them, obviously, mm-hmm. but I just worry they're a little too cool for me. Um, you'd have to be careful, yeah. You, you, yeah. You're verging on the edge of it's too cool, so you've got to do something to like bring it back down again. Yeah, I don't think I've ever spent more than £4 on a pair of sunglasses before. I mean, I still look like this, so I'm not, I'm not going to be too cool, clearly. <laughs> I've still got the rest of me going on. You know what? It does make a difference, though, having properly polarized sunglasses when mm. you're running, for sure. Because I, I used to running like cheap ones, and basically all they do is reflect the sunlight into your eyes. Like the the glass was so crap, it just reflect around the lens, which made them the opposite of what you wanted. So yeah, nice, nice polarized glasses are good. Mm, let's hopefully you get a sponsorship deal with Huga as well. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> um, a quick mention here before we get into the running films. Uh, Sherry Grubbs got in touch asking if we had any human bandanas rather than just dog bandanas. And so I had a quick look, I gave the shop a refresh, and now we do. Uh, we've also got some trucker caps, some bum bags for the dads, and bucket hats, which apparently are the new like must-have ultra accessory. I'm seeing a lot of people wearing those on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, head to our website, runningisbs.com, for the links, and grab yourself some great BS merch. I've got a hat on the way. I do oh, love my yes. hat, so I've got one on Is that the, the trucker way. hat, isn't it? I think it is the trucker hat, oh, yeah. 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 Bucket hats are very 90s, aren't they? The 90s but are they, making a oh, yeah, strong comeback. I think football fan. I think, no, specifically England football fan uh, in a I European tournament. But I, I think, think rave. I, I've seen a lot of ultra runners wearing them recently. Mm-hmm. So you can wear them for ultra running, to a rave or to a football match, your choice. Yeah, or to yeah, throw a chair through a, a cafe window in, in a European city in an England yeah. shirt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Amy, you've been watching running films. What have you been watching? I have. So the film I watched was called Remember the Goal. <gasps> nice. Remember the Goal. So I wanted to find a really bad, low-budget film. And Amazon and Netflix were not really giving me any joy. They were just like the usual quite good films, high uh. you know, high production values, all those things. Um, so I just put running film into YouTube. And a channel came up called Christian Movies. Oh, perfect. <laughs> That was the first one. Literally, it's the first one to come up. Um, And it had a couple of running films on. All seemingly had the same cast. They all had the same sort of (laughs) cast in the pictures. So I think they've all been made by the same uh, people. So, um, yeah. So I thought, that sounds good. A Christian film about running. That sounds absolutely perfect. So... The whole premise of the film is that a new female coach, fresh out of college, takes over the cross-country programme at an all-girls private Christian school and tries to lead them to their first state title. Now, for some reason, this coach pretends she knows nothing about cross-country, 
you know, the first scene in the film, she pulls up and she doesn't know how far a 5K is. So, you know, which obviously makes the team and the girl's parents stressed because a lot of them are relying on scholarships for university. You know, she's, this is, she's pretending. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll get to that in a minute. Okay, right. Okay. So, so she turns up and says she knows nothing about running, nothing about cross country. And you've got to imagine, like, in America, a lot of people who are doing, a lot of students who are doing sports in high school are hoping for scholarships for universities yeah. because it gives you a free ride to university, which is incredibly expensive in America. So, could you imagine you're going to a private school, you're paying a fee for a private school, <laughs> your, your girls are on this cross country team, which apparently have done quite well in the past. And so, therefore, you're perhaps hoping for a scholarship to university. And this coach turns up that they've employed who knows nothing about cross-country. I mean, you'd be a little bit stressed too, yeah, but, you yeah. know. Um, so, yeah. So, spoiler alert, it does come out later that she was actually really good in high school or college or something like that. And therefore, well qualified to coach them. But just just say that from I don't know why it was well I do know why it was kept a mystery. Because this whole thing is like, you've just got to trust. You've just got to trust in this person in power you know she's got to trust this person who doesn't know anything yeah 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 exactly i suppose don't, it's a good analogy for a christian school exactly don't question it just just yeah. trust it don't don't yeah. question it so her whole idea her whole sort of coaching philosophy is she wants the team to run slow and easy for every practice mm-hmm. but she doesn't explain why that that's the reason she just keeps it really mysterious and whenever they question it she just quotes a bible verse and then says remember the goal so it's you know okay yeah, yeah. Um, and then for the qualifying rounds of the state championship, she gets them to run slower than their fastest fastest pace, so they just qualify. Mm-hmm. But again, they don't. She doesn't tell the students why that might be. So you've got the parents freaking out, like, "Why?" I think they they were like fifteenth in the qualifiers, so they just qualified, but only just. So the, the girls don't understand why they're running slower. the The parents like freaking out, like, "Why is my daughter so slow?" And da da da. da. And she's just remember the goal, and then some Bible verse. <laughs> now, of course. In terms of the qualifying stuff, this is like a legit training strategy that athletes do. You don't go all out on a qualifier and risk getting injured. You just go fast enough to qualify in the position you need to, right? Like it's mm. like a like it's like pretty standard. If you watch the Olympics, that you know they're not going to in the qualifying rounds, they're not going to run the fastest they can. They're going to keep something in yeah, the yeah. tank. And you don't want to risk rounds, injury. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And in terms of training, like I get it. Like doing a lot of slow runs can help. That's basically my training. But there also there also needs to be some speed work and hills in there too now and then, and that's what she wasn't doing either. Mm. Um, so basically, this coach is obsessed with even splits, like absolutely obsessed. She loves even splits more than she loves Jesus. You know, she's <laughs> like, you need to do even splits, and she stands there with a stopwatch, and she gets them to do these things. She's like, right, you got to run evenly between these flags, and one of the girls dares to run a bit faster, and she's like, if you don't cut that out, you're off the team. You run Whoa. even splits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's proper like. Proper even splits dogma. So that's her secret training strategy is the even splits, the slow even splits. Yeah. And again, another spoiler, it does win them a champ- the championship. Of course the it championship. does. Because while all the other teams took off, they went too fast. They went too oh, fast. Classic. Her team had even splits, so it didn't slow down on the final hill. Now, quote unquote hill, because it was more like a gentle incline. She was going on, she walked them round the uh, the route of the um, the race and she's like, right, and this is the final hill and you just got to keep even splits. I'm looking at them like, no, no, I'm not very good at hills, but that wasn't a hill. That was like, that was like an accessible ramp, you know? There, there yeah. was no, it wasn't difficult. There was no hill element to it. It was a very gentle incline. 
But anyway, so all the other teams had no idea what they were doing. They all took off way too fast. And lo and behold, at the end, they just they, had, they kept their even splits and they overtook everyone, you know? So her, her whole philosophy, because actually secretly she was this great athlete, you know, it worked out in the end. But I, just, it, it, I don't understand. I do understand why it is, because I know the nature of the film and it being a Christian film and all of that. But firstly, tell them from the beginning. Tell them you're this great yeah. athlete. Tell them why you want them to run slower. Tell them why you don't go all out in a qualifier instead of being just like just trust me just trust me just yeah, no just trust me she was like trust god trust jesus she was literally like it's not about me trust jesus and you'll be fine but yeah yeah there's no need to be secretive and like private about coaching surely no no exactly exactly um so that's the whole like running aspect to the film mm. but of course this is a christian film so okay. there's some interesting there's some other interesting messages in the subtext or rather the text i'm sure so of course there's all the random bible verses but there's other things like it's made clear that one of the team members is from a broken home because her parents are divorced. Oh, yeah, that'll I do know, it. I know. And she has an interest in boys and she's 15 years old. <gasps> I know. I, but you don't want to be interested in boys because there's another girl in it, another girl in their class who's gone completely off the rails because she got a boyfriend and then she started smoking weed. Which are, which are like really connected for some reason. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. The, the boyfriend made her smoke weed. So yeah, they'll do that. The good news is the teammates all prayed for her every night and eventually she agreed to stop seeing the boyfriend start smoking weed and she joined the cross-country team. So there's a a happy ending there. Oh, that's Um, terrific. The other thing I found hilarious was that the coach also shames one of the girl's parents, who is a heart surgeon, for never (laughs) coming to one of her races. Like, dude, this guy is busy saving lives yeah. you know and she's like oh your, your dad's never there for you and she calls him she has the gall to call this man up who's a heart surgeon <laughs> and say why do you never come to your your daughter's your daughter's races i'd be like I'm being a heart surgeon yeah who the dick. hell do you think you are i have a very busy job what's it to you anyway yeah. so he he does come to the state championship the, the big yeah, finale three people die but yeah fine. he's like he managed to he says he managed to get time off work so old mr jones is like triple bypass is to be put on hold for a week or something right <laughs> jesus christ none of her business oh my god if i had kids and if i had like a job like that and i had kids in school and while they teach around me i'm so oh you never come to their meets so yeah bitch because i'm like I'm busy. Yeah, I'm saving lives. To. Yeah, none of your business. Um, <laughs> How yeah. was the, the actual running in the film? Did they look proper? No. <laughs> no, no. no, they, they no. didn't look like runners. They didn't look the, like the state champions? The, the cross-country scenes, like the actual, mm. that stuff, that they, they looked like they went and they filmed like actual cross-country. Yeah. But when the girls were practicing, it was just bizarre. Like it was like... Yeah, it didn't. They didn't. They didn't look like proper runners. They r- probably run how I run, you know, like the there, there were actors the... who hadn't actually run before. No, so, no, exactly. Yeah. They were just not how you'd expect, sort of, because um, obviously, like again, in America, they take athletics really seriously, and mm. the the kids you see in college and and high school that are doing sports like that, they're usually really good. There's oh, a lot yeah, of investment yeah. in stuff, you know. So no, they didn't look like high school cross country state champions, you know. <laughs> so oh, that's no. It wasn't very good. And then overall, as you might expect, the script was awful. The production was okay-ish. Like the quality in terms of like, they had obviously had some decent cameras. 
the editing was a bit dodgy and the thing that drove me mad was that they played the same bird song sound in the background of every <laughs> single outside shot and it was really loud as well so it's really obvious i'm like i have heard that bird so many times like is it okay like what is, is going on was it that noticeable it was the same sound effect oh yeah definitely yeah yeah because they, they'd mixed it all wrong so while it should you shouldn't really notice bird song you know unless yeah. you're a, a bird watch with a keen interest in it like oh that's the the sparrow da, da, da. no it was it was so loud that yeah it was and there were, it's a running it's a one it's a film about cross country there were a lot of outdoor yeah. scenes and it was incredibly irritating that is horrible when there's just a little tiny piece of production like that that you pick up on you can't help but notice it's yeah. just, for me it's sometimes there's little edits and things where you can see someone's turned their head and they change shot and the person's head is a different direction or little things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. I can't help but notice anymore. And the big one for me now is actually when they do a reverse shot of someone talking over their shoulder and you can see the way their head and jaw is moving is not what they're saying. Yeah, they've yeah, dubbed yeah, over yeah. audio from a different scene, but they've used a reverse shot even though it doesn't match. And even yeah. in like Hollywood films, they do that and it drives me mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you want to take a watch... It's on the Christian movie channel or whatever it's called. I mean, it's like I could sit through it and I could sit through and watch it. It wasn't yeah. unbearable. It's kind of like a B movie in the it's so bad, it's good sort of thing. It was yeah. very cliche. Um, and I, I do kind of want to check out the other film, which looks exactly the same and looks like it has exactly the same cast, just to see if they take it in a different direction, which I really doubt. But So but, there's our new YouTube subscription then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our new affiliate is uh, Christian Movies. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Um, so that's a recommended film. That's a recommendation from you then. It is. It actually is. If you're looking for like a really cheesy, bad running film that you can just sort of uh, get like a little bingo card and tick off like divorced parents, drugs, Bible verse, just the, the, the numbers of the Bible verse without any other context. Like, yeah, you can tick all those off. <laughs> Amazing mild sexism because of course the, the coach is female which one of the dads isn't a particular fan of you well no imagine. of course not no no <laughs> fantastic uh, we'll have a bit more from my running film a bit later on um now we keep singing and flogging tea and yet more of you keep signing up to our patreon which is bizarre there's 71 of you now thank you so much so these songs are getting longer uh, apologies to all of you who don't donate and don't want to and don't want to hear the names of those that do but tough we like the sound of our own voices if not each other's so we're just gonna keep doing it uh, if you do want to make it a bit harder for us you can head to patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit and sign up jerry grubb carl fleming Angela Foster Swales, Nikki Genders, Jonathan Carter, Rachel Bentley, Charlie Neverson, Len Martin Sam Whaley, Amanda Murray Hine, Steph Hall Ian Thompson, Gabriel Thomas Meyer, Ruth Katie, Rich Skirm, Kel Ryder, Ivor Hewitt, Debbie Hurley, Jay, Gail Seal, Colin Hill, Elliot Lineback, Roski, Martin Kaplan, Penny Simpson, Matt Newbury, Tim Hughes, Matt Garner, Cassie Jones, Sophie Jacks, Gordy Thelwell, Liz Reese, Victoria, Magnus, Claire, Gina, Karen Hamilton, Matt Caffin, Maria Wicks, Karen Blade, H, Andy Robbins, Ian Hales, Symbolic Adults, Julia Page, Victoria, Adam Pope, Amanda Hernandez, Simon Grimshaw, AP, Matthew Wolfe, Drew Edwards, Kirk Shepherd, Matt Jones, Elizabeth Casburn, 
Paul Hibbert, Captain Benton. Magma Hardy Calf, Everard. Clark Gilmore, Victoria Dick. Jen Dunpert, Matt H. Neil Denton, Anthony Howe. Jason Blair, Matt Leeds. Bernadette McCarthy, Jason Sphinx. Lisa Gibbon, Brian Simpson. Hugh Philip, David Irwin. Fuck it, that'll do. Don't forget to get in touch with your running bullshit on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Just search Running is BS and let us know why you particularly hate running this week. So we had a lovely message from Jen Harding. Dear Running is BS, your banana talk on your recent podcast was vile. It disgusted me so much I nearly threw up. Bananas are disgusting and the people who eat bananas are disgusting. Sincerely, someone who has never and never will eat a banana. You've, you've never even eaten one and, and you, you're judging so judgy perhaps she's like potassium deficient that's why she's so <laughs> that's why she's so nauseous yes yeah, why she's so angry you say you can't i'm sorry I, I you don't have to try everything in life no you don't like it but i feel like when it's like a banana or something i don't you, I, can, I can kind of understand like i imagine the smell of it is probably enough to put you off yeah 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 still that mm, it's a bit much bit much jen so it's handy to know we can just like throw bananas at her to, if we need to get yeah. her at some point <laughs> It seems from Twitter that Victoria Dick did the Boston Marathon recently and ran well in the first half and then started throwing up everything and had a niggly hamstring in the second. Still managed to run another Boston qualifying time though, so obviously wasn't that bad. That's crazy. Imagine if you didn't have all those things happen. Like, how quick are you, Victoria? Yeah, but then Boston's a downhill marathon anyway. It's easy. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. want people to complain about it. It's, it's cheating. Not a big deal. Getting a Boston qualifying time at Boston is cheating. <laughs> I mean, it is. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Shit marathon. <laughs> Gabby Nyatt said, I have some gender-specific BS to report. Male runners, quote-unquote, explaining to female pacers how pacing works every fucking time. Ooh, is that from personal experience, Gabby? I think it is. Yeah, she does do a bit of pacing. I wonder yeah. how much there is to explain about pacing because it's just, you just run at this time. Keeps this pace. Sorry, <laughs> I, I don't mean to explain that to you, Gabby. I don't, <laughs> need, I don't need to kick off anything, but... I don't know how much there is to explain. The thing is, though, about know-it-alls is that they will overcomplicate things just so they can say they know everything about something, you know? <laughs> I'm taking that very personally. <laughs> it's like running, you know? <laughs> uh, Francis Howell, a uh, real good bit of truth here. Does anyone else feel really awkward when buying new running shoes and having to run up and down in the street in front of the running shop person assisting you? Is it just me? I always feel like I've forgotten how to run normally. Yes, 100%. Well, this is not an experience I can relate to because course, I, yeah. I just buy online and hope for the best. But it's when you, yeah, you have to, tra- it's bad enough, you know, when you had to buy school shoes and walk up and down the shop mm-hmm. and your mum's like, are they fine? You're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But now when you have to try on a pair of running shoes and you're like in a shopping centre or on the street and you have to run up and down and they're like, I'm just going to have a look and see where your foot falls and see what your gait is like. And you're like, shit, I've forgotten how to run. And <laughs> I just not no idea how this works anymore. That, yeah, that is a horrible feeling. And we've been very much enjoying the tweets about the Highland Kings Ultra that I guess has just finished in Scotland. This, if you remember, is the four-day ultra that costs 15 grand and comes with personal training before the event, a stupid massive watch and a butler service in your tent during the event. So people have been sharing this image on social media, which is from an aid station at the event, which includes ramekins of salmon moose. Like, can you imagine anything worse than Ultra? I mean, that that's not staying down, is it? No, it's like this, oh. I mean, the salmon, and then is that a, 
a lemon on top? It's got, yeah, it's got a nice yeah, wedge so. of lemon on top. Perfect. Oh, my God. Just to cut through that salmon. But, like, salmon mousse. And it's outside. I mean, is that warm? Yeah. A bit of warm salmon mousse. That is oh. vile. I've never heard of people taking, like, food stuffs like that on an altar, even personally. The only time I've heard people taking even meat or anything on an altar is when it's, like, ultra-processed, like a cocktail sausage. Yeah. Not like Not like this. That is really nasty. That is not what you need. And, you know, they're really trying to sell it as a premium thing. And they've got Michelin star chefs. And everyone's saying, like, I don't want a Michelin star chef on our I want potatoes. I want a Mars bar, you know. Yeah, That's exactly. It. I want shit. And they're also on this tray on, a, of course, a silver platter. They're next to these, like, Nen's oatcakes. And, and one commenter on there put it, as a Scot, as much as I love an oatcake, those things will kill you during ultra. Might as well chew gravel. Yeah, I don't imagine they've got many calories in either. I don't know. Well, I think the salmon mousse makes up for that. Didn't want, oh my God. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to have with it, aren't you? I've just realised. Yeah, you got yeah, to dip still, your oat cake into the salmon. Oh, there's going to be vile. so much salmon mousse vomit on that course. That is absolutely vile. Yeah, speaking of the course, another massively stupid thing they've done is apparently spray painting arrows on the rocks to mark the course. The organisers say it's biodegradable chalk and will clean it off, but like it's fluorescent yellow. And what makes it that yellow and what are they using to clean it off? Because this is an important natural habitat. It's a special scientific area of interest, wherever it is. And I can't really see any excuse for spraying anything anywhere on an ultra. I mean, it's a fucking ultra. Get a map out or use your 15 grand entry fee to employ some marshals. And someone has said that apparently they've done dozens, if not hundreds of these. That's, yeah, I'm just looking at the image now. Like that to me looks like spray paint. You know, yeah. when you see graffiti, that I'm not saying it is. Just, and, and the other thing is, like, an ultra like this, you'd expect for it to be either self-guided, so a map, or just yeah. go around the course. If you're spending that much money, go around the course and put your little things, your little... Um, Some little signs and things, like every other ultra does. Those little uh, metal poles with, a with like, a red flag on, on it or whatever to mark yeah. out the course. Like, if you're paying that much money, surely they can get someone to go and recce the course and do that. It's some kind of gold-plated map or something. And it, it's only like 40 of them as well, so it's not like a huge thing. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, it's on this rock and they'll come and clean it off. But you can see on that rock is a load of like lichen and moss. Are they going to scrub all that off? Because, again, you can't do that. You can't just go scrubbing shit off rocks. I know it looks not important, but it is in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. I've never heard of a race spray-painting things onto like rocks and stuff. It, you know, it's so easy. If you've gone, you've gone there anyway to spray-paint the rock, just put a little put a little wooden stick in the ground with a yeah. sign on it. That's it. It's not hard, is it? Yeah, funnily enough, they haven't used their 111 follower Twitter account to reply to any of these things, no, which is weird, yeah. funnily enough. Um, you can read about it. I've just seen on trailrunningmag.co.uk, they do have someone who's running the event who's blogging about it as well. Obviously, they're, being, they're praising it and saying how wonderful it is, and I think that's an interesting point of view if you want to read about it and why you might want to do a 15 grand ultra. So, on to my running film. Now, my film was really quite weird. Uh, it was called Budia Singh, Born to Run, and it's on the Netflix. It's based on the true story of Budia Singh, who was taken into an orphanage when he was four to be looked after by a judo coach named Baranchi Das. And when he answered back to the coach one day, he was punished by being made to run round the courtyard. Turns out the coach forgot about him, returned five hours later, and the boy is still running around the courtyard. <laughs> and they all went, oh shit, had a panic. And they kind of took him to the doctor and checked him out. But, you know, his heart and everything else was fine. And the coach realised, hang on, this kid could be an amazing runner. And so he was trained up, age of four, and eventually ran 48 marathons at the age of five. Though some websites say four. 
that's the thing about this story. It, there's a lot of very dodgy things like with numbers. And I assume that's not... I know they took him to the doctor, but what doctor is this? Like, that can't be good. No doctor recommends your four-year-old should be running marathons and stuff. Yeah, like, it, you are still growing, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was very odd in that respect. Um, if the film captions were correct, I guess it was all in um, Hindi, I'm very sceptical about their use of the word marathon. And his first marathon, because it came up with a little caption, it said something like, first marathon, 22K. And I don't know if that was 22k in or that was how far his first marathon was. But mm. the distance kind of crept up on, you know, a little bit of kind of a running montage. And that number kept going up. So I'm like, and he was, I think he was putting them on a chalkboard as well. So I'm like, he's not, he's not running marathons. Mm. I think they've just done that thing. They're using the word marathon instead of long run. It might be, it's... it might be a translation thing as well. Like whoever yeah. was translating the, the, the text was like maybe wasn't yeah, familiar with well, running and but there seems to be quite um this happened at the time as well because there's mm. news reports it's about 2006 7 so there were news reports in the west about it as well and mm. i as far as I've, i had a quick look around i can't see any proof that these marathons were actually marathons mm. it's just kind of legend and it's just taken as it's just taken for granted everywhere i looked on news sites from the time and now everything just says oh this was the amazing child that ran 48 marathons mm. now the kid they got to play budir was awesome he was tiny he did so much running in this so he may well be the second youngest marathon runner by now <laughs> he was amazing um as you can imagine in the film and and in life this was as well um budir's fame spread and while his coach tried to get him sponsorship and facilities and race entries he then faced a backlash from the state government about whether this constituted child abuse and whether or not he was exploiting him uh, he became an incredibly controversial character but absolutely insisted on this grueling running regime and just courted all of the publicity uh, at one point in the film they even turn up to a race i think it's like a, a city half marathon or something mm. and then there's this huge fuss and they get sent away because children aren't allowed to run like to be honest that's pretty basic <laughs> i mean do your research you can't just rock up to a race on the day with a four-year-old and say yeah he's gonna run because he's amazing you've got you've got to enter in advance come on yeah. so this culminates in a decision to just go big and get budir to run from puri to bubineswar which is 65 kilometers in summer in a 40 degree heat. Oh my God. And so this is like a huge thing. And like, I think like the army comes to support it. There's a the minibus um, following him. There's like a whole entourage of people running around him. And on a couple of occasions, the coach refuses to give him water. And at one point goes out in front of him on a bike with a bottle of water to make him run after it, which is just fucking mental. That is child abuse. <laughs> I mean, at that point, I mean, I don't know... What you're th again, this kind of bizarre kind of coach. I think he's kind of like this tough coaching method, but like, mm. give the child water while he's running, it's not going to slow him down. So, no matter what your views are on the rest and the training and what he wanted to do in terms of running, that you know, not giving the kid water in that situation is insane. Unsurprisingly, Budius collapses just before the end and is rushed to hospital where he's said to be anemic and undernourished and dehydrated. However, the film shows. When he goes to hospital, it's just complete chaos and surrounding everything. And even being taken to the hospital, there's about 60 people around from the police and the local authorities, the government, the army and doctors all crowding him and pulling at him. So I think they've kind of done that. It, it does show it was hard to know what really happened mm. and what diagnoses were accurate because it's clear by now in the film, the authorities were just waiting for a chance to take him away because it was mm. making them look bad because it was unpopular. A lot of people saying it was bad. They couldn't prove it was bad. And so they looked bad. And you could tell, you know, 
again the way the state government and this are represented is really kind of weasley and a bit kind of shit and weak and mm-hmm. they don't quite know what they're doing so it's just a lot of these scenes are just absolute chaos so you don't really know what happened to him um they did take him away in the end and this was their excuse and they they took him to a sports hostel it's basically just like a a place for like almost like a boarding school for kids for, for sports mm. um he was banned from running and he ended up spending nine years there oh and he God. just had to just live there and he wasn't allowed to run at any point Jeez. i think um his coach uh Baranchi das was shot dead by a gangster in what was apparently an unrelated incident but oh. in the film <laughs> it very much looks like he was shot as like revenge mm-hmm. as like because because he was obviously a very controversial figure and like someone comes to the door and just shoots him they don't explain. I looked it up afterwards. I had to check. And apparently it's just like some local gangster they got involved with who shot him dead. Jeez. And that's just kind of how the film ends with the kid in the sports hostel and the coach dead. And I've looked up what really happened to him. And it's it's quite a tricky thing to find out about because they all kind of say the same thing. It's all a bit vague. Uh, basically, he moved back in with his mother and his sisters at 14. And he's now, I think, at university and just doesn't want anything to do with his old life or give interviews about running anymore because he's just not fast he's done you know he was the big dream india's big dream for to go to the olympics in 2016 obviously that didn't happen and actually um kipchoge offered to train him once he reached 16 kipchoge actually put it out there and said you know i've seen this film it's amazing i'll train him if he wants and just nothing came of that so it's kind of a bizarre story for an interesting film it does drag at times i mean like any running film is like okay you're running we get it there's lots of running scenes Mm. um and because it's indian as well there's a lot of um it feels slightly different to perhaps what we're used to with American or European films. It's just mm. a different way they film things and a different kind of choice of shots. You know, it's not like full Bollywood, like weird or anything, but it's just slightly different and just a little bit interesting in that respect. Mm. But yeah, that's a really interesting story. It does It does sound interesting. Yeah. And like the mystery around it. Yeah. I think that one is worth watching. Yeah. The mystery around like how he's just like, right, I want nothing to do with it now. Like something must have happened. Maybe it was just, maybe it's just like all the attention he got at the time. And for a child yeah. that small, you know? Yeah, he was, yeah, you could tell. Because yeah, the, the kid that plays him is tiny, you know, like, mm. you know, four or five years old. Mm. Um, and he just is yeah, incredibly overwhelming. And there's always that thing of like, well, did he enjoy running? He did, you know, he seemed to enjoy it. I don't think he would do it if he didn't want to. But then there's a man telling him to do it. So mm. it's hard to know. And then he was just banned from running for so long. And just been told you're not allowed. So I guess it just it just fell away from him. And now I think it, I think one of the things said his sister said he was doing like an arts degree or something. Oh, so like cool. oh, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Budia Singh, Born to Run on Netflix. I think quite an interesting one. Yeah, I'm gonna check that out. It's the Bushy news. Cool. Uh, legendary runner Alison Felix has announced this will be her last season as an athlete, but has also launched her own shoe range called Seish. Uh, the interesting bit is there will be a free return policy for women whose feet change size during pregnancy. Oh. It was Felix who spoke out back in 2019 about the discriminatory policies of Nike against pregnant athletes. And so after also speaking to the US House of Representatives about the disparity in maternity mortality experienced by African-American women, she's now writing her own rules by having her own shoe range. Good for her. Mm. Uh, the Seish One is $150, only available in the US at the moment. I think that's a really good idea, and there will be there will be men that will be like, "Well, what if my feet change size?" And da, 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 da. like you know, there always is. But yeah, well, no. the the headline this is from Canadian Running Magazine. Uh, it doesn't put their stuff behind a paywall. Thank you very much to them. Mm. She actually says says in the headline, "It's an intentionally yeah. sexist return policy." Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, sometimes things have to be intentionally sexist to make sure everything's on even footing. Like, equality isn't yeah. about treating everyone in the same. It's mm-hmm. often about treating people differently because they needed to be treated differently, you know, in oh, order to have yes. an equal footing. Say. Equal footing, good one, well done. Yeah. <laughs> Running related pun there. Um... So we can't go through a whole podcast without talking about poo. Have we talked about poo already? I don't think no, so. No, we haven't, no. Not yet. Don't okay. worry, everyone, it's here. Okay, it's here. You've waited all this time and here it is. So the Snowdonia National Park Authority has been forced to publicly ask people to go to the toilet before walking up mountains so they don't shit all over the paths. <laughs> so this follows a man being caught shitting on the railway line up Snowdon. <laughs> So Wales Online have said that hikers caught short have reportedly defecated in paper cups or along the path, then hidden the evidence under sp- stones, leaving other climbers to watch their step. Ugh. This is a, a guide who takes people up Snowden for a living, who live, who works for the, the park authority, and she says she saw this guy shitting on the rail... Not why on the railway line, <laughs> of all places. Go behind a rock or something. I just, yeah. And you see, like... Now the weather's starting a bit to get a bit nicer, but it's still still quite cool as well. You, the, the lines of people going up Snowden is insane. Yeah. But I don't understand if you're going to shit somewhere. Like, why why can't you deviate a bit from the path? Why can't you just go off somewhere where you're yeah. a bit more private, not on the path, dig a hole? <laughs> yeah, we, as we all know now. Yeah, dig a hole. <laughs> but yeah, I mean Snowden is kind of probably unique in the fact it's got a, a railway line going up it and a cafe at the top and there's toilets yeah. at the bottom toilets at the top i mean it shouldn't take a park authority to like be your mum and like do you want to go to the toilet do you want to go and try yeah. come on who's going out without having a poo first anyway that's mad to walk up a mountain yeah yeah i mean yeah, i think people underestimate i think because there's a railway line up it and things so i think people really underestimate it you know it's a really it's a tough it's about four miles the main kind of tourist path it's still pretty tough yeah. But just don't don't shit places. Come on, guys. Yeah. Jesus. Anyway, what's coming up next for you, Stuart? Uh, quite a big week next week. Got an ultra. Could oh. be my first rainy ultra, so oh. that'll be fun. Is it forecast rain at the moment, then? At the moment, yeah. Oh. It's like, hasn't dr- hasn't rained in about four fucking weeks here. Mm. And now, apparently, next week could be my first wet ultra, so that would you could be, be fun. Would you prefer heat to wet? Um... Oh, I don't know. I think I, I haven't had a wet one yet. No, still, that's the thing. I think it depends on like what type of rain you get. If it soaks yeah. you all the way through and there's a lot of chafing, whereas if you just get a light like spray that keeps you refreshed, that yeah. might be nice. If it's just wet though, like oh. the course is wet and it rains, that's yeah. miserable. But yeah. I've, by looking at the course profile, it's basically uphill halfway, downhill second half. That's nice. So that is quite good in that respect. And it, is it? Which one is it? The Howham? The Heart of Wales Ultramarathon with Pegasus. Nice. Oh, yes. We've got an Airbnb right by the start-finish line as well, which is very handy. Is that the really tough one? Is that one there? No, no, no. no, no. What's that one one. called again? The Edom. That's the one. That's the really tough one. That's known as the Beast, and that's 50 miles, and I'm not into that yet. Nah. How about you? Got any ultras next week? Nope. <laughs> Not even got any ultras next week. No, no. Really? I, I, what you know? What I was offered a place for the Vogum again, and I just thought, uh, no. Not this year. Not this year, the Vogum again. <laughs> oh, come on, you got five weeks. I know five, five weeks yeah. to train. That, do you see? That was the old. It's more than usual. The, the last Vogum was so horrific for me that I, I know I, I can't do one again unless I, I'll do it next year. But like, 
that has put the fear of God into me that I must train. The old me would be like, yeah, five weeks, that's fine. I can, I'm doing a 10 mile long run at the weekends, fine. So that must mean I can do 40 miles. You know, that's, that's the old me. I still remember the pain of last time, the pain in my feet. I remember crying at like 20 miles in. No, no, no. Uh, well, actually, the week after that as well is our club's annual park runathon, where we do ten park run courses in a weekend. I guess we'll have to record next week's episode in the middle of that somewhere. Uh, are you going to do that? You don't. You never do that either, do you? No. <laughs> of no. course, it's a club event. Why would you? No, I don't like the sound of all the stopping and starting and all that. I just want to get it done. Oh, there's a lot of eating involved as well. Yeah. I won't be doing all of that because it's a week after an ultra, so I'll do a bit of it and I'll just kind of direct people and carry food around. Mm-hmm. Good fun. Anyway, if you've enjoyed this bullshit, you can visit runningisbs.com, see the show notes and the links from this episode and the whole back catalogue, as well as links to our Patreon, our merch store, and the social medias. Bye! Hope it doesn't rain. Exactly. Don't question it. Just just trust it. Don't, don't question it. Uh, hold on. <coughs> 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 I'm allergic to this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs>